One of the first times I talked to Judy Berry on the phone, and I had never met her, I said, Judy, you know, the earth is not dying. It's being killed. And the people who are killing it have names and addresses. What I mean by that is through power structure research, through hunting very carefully, we can find out the names and addresses of the people who really have their foot on our necks, the people who are really causing the damage. And then nonviolently, my vision, my dream is that thousands, thousands, millions of people go to those homes, go to the places where they shop, go to the places where they take their vacations, sit in the doorways, lie in front of the cars, and when they're hauled away to jail, other people take their place. Surround them, put them in jail. Oh yes, I know, it's an air-conditioned jail and the food's pretty good, but they're in lager, they're surrounded, like it, like in uh, Montreal, uh, like at Genoa. They're behind the barbed wire, they're behind the concrete. We've got them in prison, we've got to understand that they're afraid of us, all right? Let's make sure that they can't enjoy their ill-gotten gain. Welcome to Names and Addresses, the podcast where we call out the modern robber barons and we unmask the corporate malfeasance targeting our social, economic, ecological, and political systems. By bringing these stories to light, we hope to loosen the grip these individuals and organizations have over our lives. As Utah Phillips might add, who are these assholes? That is Utah Phillips in our intro. You should check out more by Utah Phillips. Rest in peace. And uh, we don't have any sponsors for names and addresses. And someone who's absolutely, definitely, positively not sponsoring, that would be Intuit. We will talk about Intuit in a little bit. But we do have friends. One of the friends of names and addresses is Touring News. You can find Touring News on twitch.tv slash Touring News. You can also find Touring News and the Touring News Daily on YouTube. Let's start off as we do with our Robber Baron of the Week. The Robber Baron of the Week for this week is Elon Musk. Elon Musk is being sued. He's facing a defamation case and uh, he's fighting it through his lawyers with some interesting um, point of view, I guess I'll say, or some interesting feedback to the court from his lawyers. Insurance giant American International Group, Inc., may get wrapped up in a defamation case involving billionaire Elon Musk, who has told lawyers representing the British cave diver suing him that he is financially illiquid, according to a legal filing. An attorney for Vernon Unsworth, who sued for defamation last year after Musk attacked him on Twitter, pressed the Tesla Inc. CEO's lawyer last month for information on all insurance policies applicable to claims made in the suit. An exhibit filed Monday shows the two attorneys sparring over information regarding Musk's ties with AIG. Quote, Given Musk's sworn testimony that he is financially illiquid, Mr. Unsworth is entitled to know whether AIG has accepted coverage of the claims denied coverage of the claims, or has reserved its rights to contest coverage of the claims. Unsworth's attorney wrote on September 20. Musk's lawyer wrote back the same day that AIG had reserved rights, without elaborating. Quote, Mr. Musk's insurance carrier was notified of the money grab, Alex Spiro, the, Musk, the Musk's lawyer said in an emailed statement. It is a non-event. While Musk has $23.6 billion personal fortune that ranks him number 38 on the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, he is relatively cash poor. Much of his wealth from his stake much much of his wealth is from his stake in rocket company Space Exploration Technologies Corp. 
and he has said he has no plans to sell any shares. He owns about about $8.8 billion of Tesla stock. So even though Elon Musk has $23.6 billion of wealth, he is arguing via his lawyers in the court that he has no liquid assets. He has no money with which to pay any claim. And this is why the plaintiff and the plaintiff's lawyers are looking into whether there's an insurance company that would potentially cover the claim. So a big F you to billionaires trying to hide their billions from people seeking legitimate redress. That is why Elon Musk is the robber baron of the episode. And that'll move us over to our topic or our focus name and address for this episode. And that name will be into it with the common brand TurboTax. So let's take a dive in and see what puts them on our radar this episode. The IRS runs a program called Free File. And I say runs a program, I should say probably is uh, in agreement with commercial organizations, commercial tax preparation companies to manage the free file um, project. Here is a bit from the IRS site about free file. Filing your taxes costs less than this penny. It's all free. Brand name software that does the hard work for you. Online tax prep, e-file, direct deposit. Save more of your pennies with free file. Who's eligible? 70% of all taxpayers. That's how many taxpayers can do their taxes for free. That's 100 million people. Depending on your income, you are eligible for free files, brand name software, and free e-file. Not eligible for the software? There's still an option. Free file fillable forms, the electronic version of paper forms. You can go to irs.gov slash free file to find out more. You can select the best match from, for you from the partner's offerings or use a help me tool to narrow your choices down. And then once you determine who you're going to choose, you click leave IRS site to continue. You get directed to the partner websites to begin your return safely and securely. And then you finish that process with these commercial partners. So what's happening with these commercial partners? What are they doing? What are they up to? Why are they the feature of this episode? So here's a, a piece from boingboing.net to get us started. Virtually every rich country on earth provides pre-completed tax returns that you can either ignore and pay an accountant or do your own taxes, or just sign and return. After all, the government already knows what you're earning and how much you paid, so they can do all the heavy lifting for your annual return. But when Congress tried to create a similar program in the U.S., it faced a blizzard of lobbying from the tax prep industry led by Intuit, a tax prep monopolist that grew to scale by buying or merging with its competitors. Growth tactics that are illegal under U.S. antitrust law, but have been permitted since Ronald Reagan gutted antitrust enforcement 40 years ago. Under its weird cult-like billionaire CEO Brad Smith, there's your name, CEO of Intuit, Brad Smith whose employees don t-shirts bearing his favorite aphorisms like, quote, repetition doesn't ruin the prayer. Intuit led a coalition that created Free File, which would, in theory, allow 60% of Americans to file their taxes for free using no-cost options offered by the tax prep industry. 
But then the industry used dark patterns and out-and-out fraud to ensure that no one actually used the service. Even as they stepped up their lobbying efforts, zeroing out the IRS's budget for advertising free file. In a long, well-reported piece on ProPublica, Justin Elliott and Paul Keel lean on leaked Intuit documents to show exactly how crooked and corrupt the Intuit lobbying effort was and how effective it was at ensuring that Americans, especially poor Americans, continued to funnel millions into his company's coffers for use of its flagship TurboTax product. Now, with the help of a former IRS employees, with the with the help of former IRS employees who once ran FreeFile for the U.S. government and now work to ensure that Americans continue to pay to use TurboTax. So let's take a look at that ProPublica story by Justin Elliott and Paul Keel. Despite signing a deal with the IRS that pledged they would help tens of millions of Americans file taxes for free, tax software giants Intuit, the maker of TurboTax, and H&R Block instead deliberately hid the free option and actively steered customers into paid products, according to an internal document and five current and former employees of the companies. H&R Block explicitly instructs its customer service staff to push people away from its free offering, according to internal guidance obtained by ProPublica. Quote, do not send clients to this website unless they are specifically calling about the free file program, the guidance states, referring to the site with the company's free option. We want to send users to our paid products before the free product, if at all possible. Steering customers away from TurboTax's truly free option is a, quote, purposeful strategy, said a former mid-level Intuit employee. For people who find TurboTax through a search engine or an online ad, the landing page would direct you through a product flow that the company wanted to ensure you would not, would make, to ensure would not make you aware of free file. When the free file program launched 16 years ago, it was extolled as the best sort of collaboration between government and private enterprise. With little cost to the IRS, the huge companies that dominate online tax preparation would help millions of Americans file their taxes for free. Intuit and the industry have spent millions lobbying to make the free file program permanent because it contains a non-compete provision that restricts the IRS from creating its own free online filing system. And that is the big crux of this entire program, is to prevent the IRS from creating its own free online filing system to make filing taxes free and easy for all taxpayers. But privately, the free filing option is seen for what it is, a threat to the company's profits. So the companies had to strike a delicate balance. They wanted to preserve their arrangement with the IRS to ward off government competition. But then they also sought to make sure the program didn't recruit too many customers who actually got something for free. The companies set out to convert people who qualify for the program into paying customers. Sure enough, use of the free file program has collapsed. Soon after it was launched in 2003, more than 5 million Americans filed their taxes for free. Now it's about half as many, according to the latest IRS data. The industry has also succeeded in fending off a pair of grave dangers, the prospect of the government either creating its own easy online filing system or offering tax returns pre-filled with data the IRS already has practice common in other countries. Now Intuit and H&R Block could be dealt a setback, a bill that would codify the free file program, which has passed the House last month, has stalled in the Senate after ProPublica reported that the companies were making it more difficult for people to find their free file websites by hiding them from search engines. Both companies employ similar tactics. They lure customers in with products advertised as free, 
but that upsell them to paid products or hit them with surprise charges. At Intuit, quote, the entire strategy is make sure people read the word free and click our site and never use an actually free product, the former mid-level employee said. In reality, TurboTax's free edition guides many people to a product that costs them money. It's only free for people with the simplest tax situations. The quote, vast majority of people who click that will not pay zero, the former employee said. Only a small portion of taxpayers under $3 million a year find their way to, into the program, far below the $100 million who actually qualify. The program is open to anyone who makes under $66,000. The IRS, meanwhile, continues to tout the program as a success, despite its decline. Internal IRS documents show agency officials unconcerned the tens of millions of taxpayers have been drawn to other, quote, free options. In statements in response to questions from ProPublica, Intuit, and H&R Block both said they were, quote, proud of the free file program and cited the fact that millions of taxpayers have used it. They did not specifically address the employee accounts. Intuit spokesman said the company, quote, created and paid for 17 marketing initiatives to raise awareness and educate taxpayers about the IRS free file program. He specifically pointed to a press release on AOL.com about the program, quote, syndicated through AOL at our expense to drive awareness. Who the hell looks at AOL? Dachenar Block spokeswoman said the company's free file offering grew 8.3% this year and, quote, we have updated our search practices to make H&R Block's free file offer even easier to find. An IRS spokesman said the agency, quote, continues to support the free file program. At Intuit, it's an open secret within the company that helping customers find the free file program would be bad for business. One former marketing employee recalled a May 2017 meeting of a marketing team at TurboTax's San Diego headquarters. The tax filing season had just ended, and a dozen or so staffers up to the senior manager level were brainstorming. A new employee proposed that customers going through TurboTax's interview-style filing process who were found to be eligible for free file get a, quote, hard recommendation, essentially a pop-up window to be routed to the truly free product. The response? Laughter, according to the former employee. The meeting quickly moved on. Quote, They have ways of detecting if you're paying too much, but they just don't do it, the former staffer said. As a result, many people end up paying TurboTax even though they could have filed for free. The company won't say how many people this is, but it's likely in the millions. Dozens of taxpayers have contacted ProPublica to tell their stories of being charged by TurboTax, despite the fact that they earned under $34,000 a year, qualifying them for TurboTax's free file product. An 87-year-old retiree with a gross income of $11,000, for example, was charged $124.98 to file with TurboTax. At H&R Block, a former veteran staffer called it, quote, company policy to steer customers away from the free file option. The company is making money from the product, and that money is eating into the client's refund, the former staffer said. At Intuit, customers who don't know about the free file product will find themselves instead on the, quote, free edition. There, they are often pushed to buy deluxe versions of TurboTax they might not need. They can be charged a $39.99, quote, refund processing fee to have the cost of TurboTax deducted from their refund instead of paying up front. They're also sold side products such as, quote, audit defense, which offers expert representation in the event of an audit. 
Executives who have worked at the company boast on resumes reviewed by ProPublica about their success in having diverted customers from free offerings to paying products. One former marketing manager described her role as, quote, driving new business growth through TurboTax free addition while mitigating cannibalization of our paid tax offerings. Another senior product marketing manager boasted that she had helped develop the, quote, monetization strategy of the TurboTax free edition product. She said she applied the principles of behavioral economist, economist Dan Ariely to enhance, quote, TurboTax in-product upsell experiences. On LinkedIn, Heather Samarin, who was the TurboTax vice president of product management a decade ago, said that she had been, quote, charged with addressing the threat posed by IRS free e-file program and had, quote, revamped TurboTax marketing strategy for low-end tax filers, driving a 100% increase in revenues. At a meeting in 2014, Intuit's then chief financial officer, Neil Williams, described the prospect of the IRS adopting a system of pre-filled returns as a, quote, existential threat to the company. According to the former mid-level staffer, Williams didn't respond to requests for comment. Last summer, according to a former marketing employee, the then head of TurboTax, Dan Vernikoff, attended a meeting about customers who had unnecessarily selected costlier products like TurboTax Deluxe. These customers had tax situations that qualified them for a cheaper or even free product, and the slides shown at the meeting referred to them as having been, quote, overcharged. According to the former employee, Vernikoff instructed that going forward, employees should never use the word overcharged. Instead, they should say that these customers' use of products intended for higher-earning customers was, quote, aspirational. Vernikoff didn't respond to a request for comment. Just remember that. Next time you get screwed in a, a monetary exchange out there, you weren't overcharged. You were being aspirational. Pain in the aspirational, that's what I say. The IRS free file program peaked early. In 2005, its third year, 5.1 million taxpayers used the program to file a free return. That early success set the program up for plenty of growth, as every year millions more Americans were moving away from paper to file their tax returns electronically. In 2005, only 68.5 million returns were filed electronically, about half the number filed electronically last year. But instead of growing, free file shrank. At the IRS, according to internal management reports obtained by ProPublica through a public records request, executives were ambivalent about the program's decline. The reason for the drop was the company's, quote, now heavily promote free options outside of IRS free file, said a report in November 2009. Two years later, as the numbers slid further, a report blamed, quote, continued migration of taxpayers to other online free services offered in the marketplace. By 2017, after the number of free file users had been cut in half from its 2005 peak, IRS executives were claiming the program's decline was instead proof of its success. So now, not only is being overcharged just being aspirational, but now a decline by half of the use of free file is proof of its success. Where's George Orwell? And what's he doing uh, managing Intuit and the IRS? As a November 2017 internal report put it, quote, we believe the continued decrease is a direct result of the increase in free options available in the broad marketplace. FreeFile has been successful in generating a free marketplace and stimulating that marketplace, perhaps to the program's detriment. 
Yet the same report conceded that the IRS did not have a quantitative understanding for the decrease in free file returns. In other words, the agency had never actually studied why or how taxpayers were lured to other options in the, quote, free marketplace, or whether those options were actually free. One year later, an IRS oversight panel contradicted the report's rosy conclusions. The panel wrote that the agency, quote, does not provide adequate oversight of the free file program, and that by failing to have a clear goals for the program or checking to make sure the companies were following through on their promises, the IRS was putting, quote, vulnerable taxpayers at risk. Despite the panel's criticism, the IRS has not announced any significant reforms to oversight of the program. Last October, the IRS signed a deal with Intuit and the other companies renewing the free file program. Intuit's aggressive lobbying of Congress on tax filing issues is well known inside the company, but it is a topic most employees shy away from discussing openly, according to a former Intuit engineer. One employee recalled longtime Intuit CEO Brad Smith, a folksy leader who often invokes his roots in West Virginia, batting back a question at an employee Q&A about whether the IRS should offer Americans pre-filled tax returns. If that happened, Smith argued, the government would take advantage of people, especially those who don't speak English. Company spokesman didn't respond to a question about the episode. Smith presided over a decade of dramatic growth at Intuit before he was succeeded by Sasan Gudarzi this year. Last year, Intuit's consumer division, which includes TurboTax, reported $1.6 billion in operating income. After ProPublica reported last month that many people had been charged even though they were eligible to file for free, dozens of readers reported receiving refunds. But in recent days, the company created a special team to handle and deny refund requests, according to customer service representatives working for Intuit subcontractors. Customer service staff reported being told to blame the 2017 Trump tax law for customers being charged. Multiple readers said they'd been told that the ProPublica stories were, quote, fake news. Intuit has not answered repeated questions about its refund policy. A spokesman said that no material provided to call agents, quote, included a reference to tax law changes, elected officials, or derogatory terms about ProPublica. Meanwhile, calls to investigate the industry's attempts to steer taxpayers away from the free file program are growing. This week, Representative Katie Porter Democrat of California wrote letters asking the IRS and Federal Trade Commission to investigate Intuit's and H&R Block's attempts to hide their free file pages from search engines. On Wednesday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo requested two state agencies to open an investigation. In response, the Intuit spokesman said, quote, Our search and marketing practices around the IRS free file program have been called into question. These characterizations are untrue, and we look forward to sharing the facts with New York regulators. And in addition to those calls, um, some additional representatives and senators have called for refunds and investigations. Several senators, led by Elizabeth Warren, are calling for the Internal Revenue Service and the Federal Trade Commission to investigate five tax software companies' efforts to hide their truly free-filing options from search engines. Quote, Hiding free-file from the public clearly aligns with the financial interests of these companies because taxpayers are more likely to encounter and use their fee-based services, which are easily found through search engines, the letter says, citing ProPublica's reporting on Intuit, the maker of TurboTax and H&R Block. For the same reason, it has likely increased prices for low-income consumers who should have had access to FreeFile, but were understandably unaware of the specific IRS website that may have led them there. Congressional staff found that the websites of three other companies that have signed on 
to the IRS Free File Program, Tax Slayer, Tax Hawk Inc., Tax Hawk Inc.'s Free Tax USA, and Drake Software's 1040.com had used similar code to hide their truly free offerings from Google and other search engines. An H&R Block spokesperson said its free file program grew 8% this tax season, exceeding the free file program growth of 6%, and we believe H&R Block is in full compliance with the free file agreement. Use of the free file program as a whole has dropped sharply in the past decade. None of the other companies immediately responded to requests for comment. The letter to the FTC is signed by 14 Democratic members of Congress, seven each from the House and Senate, including Senators Cory Booker, Bernie Sanders of Vermont, and Ron Wyden. Signers from the House include Brad Sherman and Katie Hill, both of California, and Tim Ryan of Ohio. It asks the FTC to investigate whether the tax companies are engaging in unfair and deceptive practices, noting that at least five companies use similar tactics. The letter also cites antitrust law banning, quote, conspiracy and restraint of trade. The letter to the IRS Commissioner Charles Reddig asks that the agency take action to remove the companies from the program and, quote, ensure that tax preparation companies that charged free-file-eligible taxpayers to file their taxes refund fees. All five companies are part of the Free File Alliance, which signed a deal with the IRS to offer free preparation and filing service to many Americans. In exchange, the IRS has pledged not to develop its own service. The Senate is now considering a bill passed in the House that would codify the program, restricting the IRS from developing its own free service. A May 1 letter written by 12 House Democrats took aim at a gift to the tax preparation industry that has been buried for years in bills that fund the federal government. Since 2015, appropriations bills have carried language that prevent the IRS from providing pre-filled tax returns to taxpayers. Many developed countries have such systems. The idea that the IRS could offer citizens pre-filled returns has been described by Intuit executives as an existential threat. In the May 1 letter, the authors, Representative John Lewis, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Hill among them, asked the leaders of the House subcommittee that funds the IRS to eliminate the language in the next appropriations bill. Representative Mike Quigley is chair of that subcommittee, the congressman's office acknowledged receiving the letter and said he is currently reviewing it. In a separate development, a civil lawsuit was filed against Intuit in California Superior Court, alleging deceptive trade practices and accusing TurboTax of running a, quote, bait-and-switch scheme. The suit cites ProPublica's stories. It was filed by the firm Guttride Safier, which specializes in consumer class Actions. And in addition, the IRS also uh, did a review. This, this um, piece is also by ProPublica. IRS-funded review confirms TurboTax hid free filing from search engines, but says there's no need for major changes. A four-month outside review of the IRS partnership with private tax software industry to provide free tax preparation offered mixed conclusions. It found serious problems in the program and confirmed ProPublica's reporting this year the companies, including Intuit, the maker of TurboTax, had hidden the free option from search engines. But the report, written by an IRS contractor that has previously supported the industry's position, also defended the program's oversight. The review did not recommend sweeping changes. The mandate of the review was to narrowly assess the program to, quote, ensure the continued operations and integrity of the free file program. It did not examine the broader question of whether the premise of the program is sound or look at the IRS's role in tax filing. 
The IRS has not yet said how it will respond to the report, which is dated October 3, and whether free file will change for the 2020 tax season. Consumer advocates said they were disappointed by the lack of proposals for reform. Under the free file program, the tax prep companies promise to offer free options to 70% of filers or around 100 million people who make under $66,000. In exchange, the IRS pledges not to create its own filing system. The IRS retained McLean, Virginia-based MITRE Corporation, a major agency contractor, following congressional pressure sparked by a series of ProPublica stories outlining how lower- and middle-income Americans had been tricked into paying for tax prep that they could have gotten for free. That included Intuit adding software code to the free file landing page of TurboTax that hid it from search engines like Google, a practice the company ended only after ProPublica reported it. The 134-page review confirmed that Intuit and four other of the 12 companies that signed on to FreeFile used code to hide their landing pages. It also found that seven of the companies purchased ads for keywords related to free tax filing that directed users to their commercial offerings and away from, the, from FreeFile, as ProPublica documented. The MITRE team conducted in-person interviews with 29 taxpayers in Chicago to test the FreeFile program. The results confirmed hundreds of taxpayer accounts collected by ProPublica and a 2008 report by the IRS itself that FreeFile is hard to find and use. The Chicago tests found that taxpayers, quote, lacked understanding of what the FreeFile program is, struggled to find the FreeFile landing page, and experienced difficulties and confusion with selecting a software offering. MITRE took a softer view of past criticisms of oversight of the program. Last year, the IRS Advisory Council, a body made up of outside experts, issued a public report on the program that found, quote, the IRS's deficient oversight and performance standards for the free file program put vulnerable taxpayers at risk. The MITRE report states, quote, What this critique overlooks is the fact that FreeFile program operates as a public-private partnership and, as such, program oversight is a mutual, collaborative effort with the industry. Mean, meaning what exactly? Meaning we just let the industry decide and we just go along with it because we don't provide our own independent oversight. Good job. At another point, the report summarizes criticisms of the program by the National Taxpayer Advocate and others who have argued that, quote, low usage rates signal that the free file program is not working. The MITRE review states that, quote, the data indicate the issues are much more nuanced and don't tell the full story. Tim Hugo, the head of the industry group, the Free Alliance, said in a statement that the review, quote, is a vote of confidence in a highly successful program. Advocates criticize a report for adopting the industry's views on some issues. Quote, Something is rotten in the state of MITRE, said Dennis Ventry, the University of California tax law professor who led the IRS Advisory Council last year. He particularly criticized MITRE's analysis of the percentage of people who use free file 2% to 3% of the roughly 100 million eligible filers. The review argues that many people prefer to pay to file their taxes. So the true eligibility pool is 30 million. Under that assumption, the rate at which taxpayers use free file is significantly higher. Yeah, significantly higher, but still only about 10%. 10% is, I would, I would say... 10% usage rate for the free file program, if, if in fact that's how you want to measure it, is a pathetic, pathetic result. And that is the skewed result. That is the result based on your, your uh, modified number of who is really eligible. 
And that pathetic result, of course, is absolutely no accident. It is as designed. That is why I think that this MITRE review is just glossing over the fact that the companies, quote unquote, entrusted to manage the program and entrusted to provide free file for tens of millions of Americans, of American taxpayers, are instead using that and abusing that um, access to those taxpayers and the way that the program has been developed to capture those individuals that should be free filing through Intuit and others, capturing those people and turning those into paying customers for those products with those those quote-unquote customers, those, those individual taxpayers, not knowing and understanding that they could be filing for free. So big F you to Intuit and to Intuit's leadership and to their partnership under the free file program. So what's a taxpayer to do? Well, you've got to revolt. You've got to act up. You've got to reach out and you've got to speak out and you've got to tell your representatives and your senators that they should not continue the free file program in the way that it is currently set up. And you should tell them that they should take, take out that language that prevents the IRS from developing its own program, truly free program. This is the problem with giving um, private companies oversight into what is essentially a public transaction, a transaction between the taxpayer and the IRS, but given over to these private corporations to quote unquote facilitate the transaction. So let your uh, elected leaders know that you do not want them, do not want these private companies to still be a part of that transaction. Thank you very much that you want the IRS to develop a simple and easy and direct way for you to give them your money. We need to rise up. We need to revolt. And there's people that are revolting all over this world. And here is one of those stories. If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on, the people are revolting. Greetings and welcome to People Are Revolting. This story is written by Amelia Deal and is published by InTheseTimes.com. On October 14, Indigenous Peoples Day, more than 200 Indigenous leaders and allies marched down a highway to Enbridge Inc.'s U.S. pipeline terminal in northern Minnesota to protest the proposed Line 3 oil pipeline replacement project. Braving cold temperatures and a foul stench in the air from the oil terminal, supporters from across the state and region held up signs with messages such as, Water is life, protect the sacred, and honor the treaties, and chanted, Stop Line 3. As they marched toward the terminal, a large, loud tractor with a Minnesota 4 Line 3 sign drove ahead of the group, trying unsuccessfully to drown out the chants. Protesters arranged themselves in a circle outside of the terminal entry gates as Anishinaabeg speakers demanded treaty rights be respected, water sources protected, and climate disaster averted. 
Behind them, large white cylinders holding tanks containing tar sands oil jutted from the cornfields. The proposed Line 3 pipeline route would carry 760,000 barrels of oil per day from the Alberta tar sands to the western edge of Lake Superior, crossing several sensitive ecosystems, 15 watersheds affecting 215 lakes, and several critical cultural resources, and violating 1854 and 1855 Ojibwe treaty rights along the way. These treaties entitle Ojibwe tribal members to, quote, make a modest living from the land, even on ceded territory. These rights to hunt, fish, gather medicinal plants, harvest and cultivate wild rice and preserve sacred or culturally significant sites would all be threatened by the pipeline. White Earth, Fond du Lac, Red Lake, Leech Lake and Mi Lac tribes have all engaged in legal processes in an attempt to stop the pipeline. Quote, Something like Line 3 has a potential to wipe out the culture of my people, the Anishinaabeg people, says Tara Huska, founder of Jinu Collective, one of the main groups involved in organizing the march on Enbridge. Huska also notes the potential for an oil spill that could devastate the area. Enbridge has built several oil pipelines in the Great Lakes region, nearly all of which have leaked. Southeast Michigan is still recovering from a 1 million gallon oil spill into the Kalamazoo River in 2010, and the aging Line 5 pipeline feared to leak into the sensitive straits of Mackinac between Lake Huron and Lake Michigan has faced mounting opposition as its infrastructure continues to deteriorate. Quote, a potential spill could impact millions of people, Huska says. It's also the overall global climate that's at stake. Costing $7.5 billion, Enbridge's Line 3 pipeline would be one of the largest crude oil pipelines on the continent. Tar sands oil is the dirtiest form of fuel, 20% more carbon intensive than conventional crude oil. The project's 2017 environmental impact statement, written by the Minnesota Department of Commerce, estimated that the emissions associated with a new Line 3 pipeline would have a, quote, social cost amounting to $287 billion over the first 30 years of the pipeline's life. Pipeline construction also poses dangerous risks to indigenous women and children. Research has documented an increase in drug and sex trafficking and violent crime corresponding to the influx of temporary housing facilities built to accommodate the predominantly male construction workers, known as, quote, man camps. These camps, which often exacerbate substance abuse problems and stressful working conditions, are one of the many causes contributing to the epidemic of missing and murdered Indigenous women. One 2008 report by researchers at the University of Delaware and the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, found that rates of murder against American Indian and Alaskan Native women on tribal lands can be up to 10 times higher than the national average. With so much at stake, indigenous groups and allies are fighting the project on multiple fronts. Enbridge had originally planned to start operation by the end of this year, but the project faces multiple lawsuits and will need to secure several key permits from both state and federal agencies. Although the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission unanimously voted to approve the project in 2018, the Minnesota Court of Appeals overturned the project's environmental review this year in response to a lawsuit by project opponents, saying it did not address the risks of a spill in the Lake Superior watershed. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency recently denied a key water permit on September 27, noting the invalid environmental impact statement. Enbridge will need to provide more information about how negative effects can be mitigated before it can reapply again. Enbridge began pre-construction activities, including surveying, land acquisition, engineering, and design in 2014, and the company intends to see the pipeline in full operation in the second half of 2020. 
even if Enbridge moves ahead with construction activities that violate their current permits. It may only receive a fine, Huska says. Still, supporters are confident the resistance will grow. Quote, the future depends on us winning, says Misty Babineau, an Anishinaabe woman with the climate group MN350 who helped organize the march in Clearbrook. And we will work together. More power to those fighting against Enbridge Line 3 in Minnesota. Check out all back episodes of People Are Revolting. Go to peoplearerevolting.com and follow on Twitter at People Revolting. Thanks for listening. A sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. I think you just nailed it. And that wraps up this episode of Names and Addresses. You can send an email to namesandaddressesshow at gmail.com. You can go to namesandaddresses.org and find all the back episodes. Or you can follow on Twitter, names underscore addresses. Thanks for listening. first times I talked to Judy Barry on the phone and I had never met her, I said, Judy, you know, the earth is not dying, it's being killed. The people who are killing it have names and addresses. <laughs> <laughs>